0: Lord in Genesis, it says that the spirit of the Lord hovered over the surface of the deep. Then we flip to the New Testament, and Jesus gets baptized. And when he comes up, the spirit of the Lord hovered over Jesus. Lord today we pray that the same Spirit would come and hover over the surface of the deep places of our heart and that Jesus would come to the surface and Lord God that all of a sudden the manifest Trinity would all of a sudden just be here and meet us, Lord God, exactly where we're at. Lord, we take off all limitations, and we say let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We surrender to your goodness, and we say thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, for those that are taking notes today, the title of this message is The Kinetic of the Prophetic. The Kinetic of the Prophetic. Now, this is going to be good. Do you want to know how I know this is going to be good? Because the two words that I had prepared last night for Today, the Lord said, nah, don't do those. And he gave me, gave me this word in 11 minutes this morning. So I know it's going to be good because it for sure is not me. This is him, which means Jesus is so intentional about you that he changed uh, Robert Alsop's uh, message for for finances this morning. He changed my word this morning. Like, I mean... The worship leaders only did two songs this morning because you know they want to do a hundred, okay? So you know Jesus was intentional this morning. For those of you um, uh, that uh, that love the Bible, uh, please turn on your Bible, or if you're old school and you and, and you got one, then turn to 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 18 to 24. 1 Samuel 19, verse 18 to 24. If not, they're going to put it on the screen for those of you that don't bring your Bible, that don't turn your Bible on, that maybe don't even know what a Bible is, but it's no book, okay? It means basic instructions before leaving earth. Okay, so here we go. 1 Samuel 19. When David fled and escaped, he came to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him, and he and Samuel went and lived at Namoth. Naoth. There we go. Look, next one. There we go. Oh, you stopped there? Okay, I'll keep going. Word came, to, uh, word came to Saul. David is at Naoth, at Ramah. So he sent men to capture him. But when they saw a group of prophets prophesying with Samuel, standing there as the leader, the Spirit of God came on Saul's men, and they also prophesied. Now Saul was told about it, so he sent more men, and they prophesied too. Saul sent men a third time, and they also prophesied. Finally, he himself led for Ramah and went to the great cistern at Seku, and he asked, Where are Samuel and David? Ah, over in Naoth at Ramah, they said. So Saul went to Naoth at Ramah, but the Spirit of God came even on him, and he walked along prophesying until he came to Naoth. He stripped off his garments and he too prophesied in Samuel's presence. He lay naked all that day and all that night. This is why people say, Saul also among the prophets. And thank you so much. You're done. Okay. He did so good. Give him a hand. Just, just See? Sounds so much more spiritual when you got music behind you, you know? Some of you are like going, nah, you don't understand. I only had one cup of coffee, like, ugh, okay? But it's all good, because I promise, I'm going to keep you awake. That's right, I'm going to keep you awake. At least that's, I'm going to try. Okay, here we go. So, we start off in this story, you're like going, uh, he just read a story um, about uh, somebody that was running, And uh, by the end of it, there was somebody that was naked, you know. I mean, there's some stuff in the Bible. I'm just saying, you got to read it. It's interesting if you read it, okay? But before we do this, we're going to start. It says um, in chapter 19, verse 18, when David had fled and made his escape, he went to Samuel. Now, let's just stop for just a second. Because some of you in here, you, um, some of you are Bible scholars, and you got it. This is the word of God. You're like, whoo, I got the 411. But then there are some of you in here, you're like going, um, say what? Like, you're like, I-, I don't know this story. Okay, so let's get you caught up. We're going to get the prequel before we get to the sequel. Okay, so here we go. The first thing is, how many of you have heard of David and Goliath? Raise hand. Okay, awesome. That is like 95% of you. Some of you are like going, nope, don't know that one. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, so here we go. So David is this, is this guy in the Bible that is like, he is the ancestor of Jesus, okay? So all the way to, when I mean, you read the end of the book of the Bible in Revelation, it is saying that, that um, even Jesus, you know, that he is a branch of David. So this guy David in the Bible is really important. So it starts off this story as a teenager. As a teenager, you know, he's hanging out, and he's a shepherd, means he, means he takes care of sheep. So he's taking care of sheep, and all of a sudden, one day, he gets a call from his dad, hey, come to the house. So he comes to the house, he gets there, and in it, there's this old guy, okay? And this old guy, he's new, and all of his brothers and his dad are standing at the dinner table. And he's like, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, this old guy comes up and, and says, stand right here. He takes this bucket of oil, pours it over the top of David's head. So all of a sudden, he's just like, stuff is like, like oozing down. And this old guy all of a sudden says, I anoint you as the next king of Israel. Oh, snap. All of a sudden, David's sitting there like going, uh, what? What's going on here? And then everybody gets to sit down and eat. So now he's sitting there eating at the table with all of his older brothers looking at him, okay, because none of them were chosen. So you know, I mean, they weren't looking at him good, okay. And this old guy's sitting there telling him all this stuff that he's going to be the next king of Israel. That's just weird. So he gets his oily self up, okay, and he goes back to the sheep, okay, because this is like his total comfort zone. So now he's out there, you know, and he's just doing like the shepherd thing because, you know, that's his job. And all of a sudden, he gets called again. This time, he gets called to go to the palace. Now David, he's like, uh, and they're like, and bring your instrument with you. Well he was like this harp player and stuff. Okay, so now he gets called to the palace. He shows up there and they're like, you are going to play your harp before the king. Aw snap. Okay. You know, I mean he was with sheep an hour ago. Now He's playing so he starts playing well turns out that the king has an evil spirit and this evil spirit you know um, is like tormenting the king so you know the king's like you know migraines and he ain't doing good and he's all like tore up from the floor up and then all of a sudden David starts playing his harp. <laughs> Okay. I mean, and David, he's just sitting there working it out. And then all of a sudden, you know what happens? The evil spirit leaves. Okay. Now, David, he was the worship leader. So, you know, he was singing some like cool worship and everything. Okay. But evil spirit couldn't handle it. Evil spirit boats. So now David's like, cool goes back to the shepherd field, okay? He's out of the shepherd field, you know, um, uh, part-time now because the king likes his music. So he's part-time at the palace, okay? And then he is also um, going back and taking care of the sheep. Well, one day he's out of the sheep and his dad's like, hey, take some lunch, okay, to your brothers there on the battlefield. He shows up at the battlefield, there's Goliath, you know the story. He volunteers, hits Goliath. Goliath goes down, bam, OK? He takes Goliath's sword, chops off his head, and then goes home with his prize, OK? Some of you go to the fair. You come back with a little stuffed animal. He goes to the battlefield. Ha, ha I got a head. OK, so. David's, you know, dragging his head back to Saul, you know, just, I mean, I'm just imagining net guts just going all over the place. But anyway, sorry, I'm visual. Okay, so he shows up, okay, and here he is. He shows up before the king. Look what I got, okay? And Saul, okay, is like, from now on, you are going to live here. So he's like, no more sheep? I didn't even get to say bye. Oh, well. Oh, snap. So now he is there, and imagine he's sitting at the table. He doesn't know what fork goes with what fork. He doesn't know which one is the salad spoon. He doesn't know any of this stuff because, you know, he just doesn't know. So now he's in the palace, and he's sitting there, and he's all confused, and he has to learn the culture of the kingdom, okay? So he's learning the culture of the kingdom, okay? And he's still getting to play the harp, okay? Meanwhile, he's sitting there. He's playing the harp and all of a sudden the king's son all of a sudden wants to be his BFF and he's like all right so now the king's son is his BFF okay and this is really cool and he's still playing the harp and he's got his job you know and he's doing that and the king the king all of a sudden one day says you know what you need to go out with the army you need to go out with the army because you are now the symbol of victory because we beat Goliath. So now you're going to go out on the campaign, and everybody's going to see you, and they're going to have courage. So now he's going out, and he's fighting, like, all the time. Not really fighting. He's more so because he's a kid, but he's going out, and he's like, we're going to win. And everybody's like, yeah, ah, 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 and they win. So, like, David, like, he is like, everybody loves him. You guys should read the Bible more. It's really interesting. Okay, so now David, all of a sudden, he's coming back, and all of a sudden, all the women's they all start singing a song. Saul's killed a thousand, but David's killed ten thousand. You know, and they're like singing this song, and they're making it like, Oh, David, because you know, David's ruddy and good-looking and everything like that, you know, and you girls, for some reason, you like good-looking guys. Why don't you like the ugly guys? Women of God. Ugly guys have feelings too. Somebody's gotta date them, love them, marry them. Ugly guys, I'm here for you. Okay, so there you go. Thank you. So <laughs> Got proof. My wife took pity on me. <laughs> I got a ring. Okay, so, um, <laughs> so now Saul gets mad, jealous. He gets mad, jealous because David's getting all the attention and everything like that. And he's like, Mm-mm, "Nah, I'm gonna kill him." Okay. So now an evil spirit all of a sudden comes upon Saul. And Saul is there, and David is playing his harp. And all of a sudden, Saul starts prophesying. I mean, he starts proflying hard because this evil spirit is all up in his grill, and he just starts saying stuff. You know, I can just imagine when a spirit of lasagna comes upon you, all of a sudden, all your fajita dreams are going to go south, and you're going to die. I mean, just crazy stuff. I made that up. That's not in the word. Okay, so. But the prophalying absolutely is. So he's prophilying and he grabs a spear. And Saul takes a look at David and said, mm-mm mm-mm. No. And he takes the spear and he chucks it at David. David. Well then it says that David eluded him twice. Saul chucks a second spear at him. <laughs> okay, so now David said two spears chucked at him. This is not a good situation. He thinks he's going to die. So he goes and he tells his BFF, okay, the king's son, and the king's son goes and talks to his dad, and his dad makes a promise I'm not going to kill David. You're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, okay? I know this is like first, <laughs> first Samuel <laughs> like 16, 17, 18, and 19, all kind of crammed together, OK? So finally, we get to this point to where Saul's like, I made a promise, but he still needs to die. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask him um, uh, to marry my daughter, yes. You know, and David's like, no, I can't marry because there's the oldest daughter. I can't marry her. You know, I just, I mean, you need a dowry for that. I don't have anything to give. I'm so sorry. So then Saul's like, "Uh." So then he marries off the first daughter, hoping that that will make David jealous. Doesn't work. David doesn't care. Okay. But then he hears a rumor that his second daughter, how do you say, Michal? Michal? What? Michael? Okay. Michael. I don't know why they named him Michael. But anyway, Michael, all of a sudden, he finds out that she loves David. Like, loves David. And Saul's like, ah, got him. So, Saul says to David, well, he says to the servants to tell David, David, guess what? If you go out and you get a hundred Philistine. Foreskins, you can use that as a dowry to be able to marry my dad. Okay? You don't know what a foreskin is, you can talk to your parents later. Okay, so anyway, David's like, this is a good idea. So David goes out and he gets 200. Bible's crazy. But anyway, he goes out, he gets 200, comes back, gets to marry, and now he's part of the family. It's good. He is now. Oh, well, he's the son-in-law of Saul, the son-in-law. So he goes out, fights against the Philistines again, comes back, evil spirit, again on Saul. Saul's like, nah, uh-uh, I'm done. And he takes a spear, the third spear. Whew, and he chucks it at David so hard that it goes into the wall. And at this point, David knows it's time to go and David runs which is where this story takes up David runs and when he runs he runs not knowing what's going to happen the kinetic of the prophetic see David runs to a prophetic place. He runs to a place to where everybody's prophesying. It is literally like the Christ for the nations, Bethel Jesus culture of the day. Okay? Where everybody is like prophesying and everybody is like worshiping. And this is where Samuel, okay, who is the prophet of prophets, the one that came and told Saul that you're getting the kingdom told Saul, ha, you screwed up, I'm taking the kingdom away, told, um, told David, guess what, I'm anointing you as king. This is where David runs. He runs to Samuel. And here we go. So in this story, the first thing that I want you to know is that the kinetic of the prophetic is powerful. The kinetic of the prophetic is Powerful. See, our DNA recognizes our Maker. There's some of you in this room that you would be the first to say that you are not necessarily the most spiritual person on the planet. Okay, especially when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Hallelujah. Okay, there's some of you in the room that if I was to say I want you to rate yourself from uh, 0 to 10, 10 being the most spiritual, Miss Patsy, like, woman of God, you know, Robert also man of God, like, I mean, we are talking, like, you walk with the angels, okay, <laughs> to like, whoo, <whew, laughs> not quite there, like, maybe one day, whoo, okay, there's some of you in this room that you would rate yourself in your head automatically under five, like, I ain't that spiritual, that ain't me. Sorry. Okay? Now, for those of you in the room, you would, under, you would say, I'm not that spiritual, but let me ask you this, okay? Do you recognize what evil looks like? Anybody? Raise your hand if you recognize what evil looks like. Okay? Most of you recognize what evil looks like. Some of you did not raise your hand. Woo. Okay. Do you recognize what good looks like? See, your DNA recognizes what peace looks like, recognizes what joy looks like. Your DNA recognizes what, what um, uh, maturity looks like and what stability looks like. Your DNA recognizes when God shows up. Your DNA, DNA recognizes okay, when God shows up that he is powerful. And here's what happened. Samuel, he's there, school of the prophets, everybody is there and they're prophesying and the power of God is sitting right there. And here's Saul, he wants these guys to go find David and to kill him. Or to bring him back so he can be killed. So he sends a messenger, okay? So he sends a messenger, a messenger comes running up, okay? And all of a sudden they get there, and their DNA encounters the DNA of God. And all of a sudden they stop, they start prophesying. They put their weapons down and they start prophesying. So Saul's like, what happened? So he sends another group. A second group all of a sudden shows up. They start prophesying. He sends a third group, and they show up, and they start prophesying. See, the kinetic of the prophetic is that God is powerful. He is greater than you and me. And when he shows up, all of the sudden, you are arrested in his presence. And no matter what it is that you have ever thought that you were before, all of a sudden, you have hope, you have peace, you have joy. You all of a sudden are just stopped in the presence of God. And all of a sudden, you all of a sudden have a freedom that you haven't had before. See, there are some of you in this house, you've never worshiped before. Not really. But then you came here and you saw other people worshiping and you're like going, oh, they do karaoke. Look, they got words on the screen. I don't know what the bouncing ball is or not. But man, if I watch the words on the screen, I can do this. All right, karaoke. Woo! Because you know karaoke means you're going to have a good time. There's all kinds of karaoke at church. But then you start singing the words and all of a sudden the words start making sense to you. Why? Because the Spirit of God's in this place. And then all of a sudden, you start singing the words, and all of a sudden, st- something starts happening in your heart. And all of a sudden, you start thinking things that never kind of connected before. And all of a sudden, if you've been, like, sinning and stuff, all of a sudden, you're like going, man, why am I so conscious? Like, what's going on here? I mean, what? And the more that you worship, and the more you do your karaoke, one day all of a sudden it becomes real and it becomes personal. It becomes a thing. And now it's not just Christian karaoke, but now all of a sudden it's communication with your maker. See, the kinetic of the prophetic is powerful. The second thing is the kinetic of the prophetic is contagious. It's contagious. See, Everyone that came into the place of prayer and the spoken word of God proclaimed prophetically, or well, they all moved in the same spirit. See, this was crazy because all of a sudden they were saying things that they wouldn't normally say. Have you ever said something to somebody that all of a sudden caused them to turn around like, And you're like, whoa, that wasn't me, but it was the right word at the right time. It was the exact thing that they needed to hear. Like all of a sudden, it brought them joy, or it brought them peace, or it brought them comfort. And you're sitting there like going, whoa, how'd that happen? Well, it's because the prophetic is contagious. When you start sharing about what God has done in your life, people want to hear it because people are attracted to the supernatural they're attracted it is contagious in first corinthians 12 it says now there are very uh distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts given by the grace and extraordinary power of the holy spirit operating in believers but it is the same spirit who grants them and empowers believers in other words God gives gifts. Whoa. Like, way better than Santa. God gives gifts. And by his spirit, he gives gifts. But the thing is, when he gives you the gift, you don't know what it is till you open it up. Now, you might want one particular kind of gift saying, okay, God, I want the gift of tongues. Yes, I want the gift of tongues. I want to be able to speak in a heavenly language. Yes, God, that's what I want. All right, Lord, I receive your gift. Boom! And He gives you the gift of wisdom. That's not what I asked for. But all of a sudden, you make some smart decisions that land you up in a better place in your business, a better place of where you go to school, a better place of maybe who you date, maybe you date that ugly guy, but you found out he loved Jesus, and he's going to turn into a real good guy as long as you love him. But anyway, um, so I digress. Um, just letting you know that he gives, the Spirit will give you the right gift that you need at the right moment. See, it's contagious. The third thing that the kinetic of the prophetic is, is it's humbling. It's humbling. See, this one got me. See, because, you know, In this social media world, we are told that it's all about selfies. It is all about yourself. I drive Uber all the time, and I see people standing on the street corner taking a picture of themselves. I'm like, there ain't nothing but trash behind you. Why are you taking a picture of yourself with trash behind you? That don't make no sense, you know? And then you see all these little people, they take taking pictures of themselves. They try, they're trying to get the right lighting, so you literally see them doing this. You know, like they're trying to get their best side or something like that. I want to yell out the window, you ain't got a best side. But I don't do that because I'm spiritual. <coughs> I'm sorry, but I think it. So, anyway, <laughs> and we're in this generation where everybody's all about themselves, they're not about no humility. See, it was Saul's pride to where he was so about himself that he wanted to go after David. And here's the crazy thing. When he just hits the area, he's not even at the the place yet. He starts prophesying on the way. When he finally makes it to where David and Samuel is, he can't help it he all of a sudden strips off his clothes to where he is naked. Please don't do that this morning. My children will laugh. Anyway, sorry. Um, But strips off his clothes and he's naked and he's prophesying. He is humbled. You Wanna know why though? Because David, just a couple of weeks earlier, was playing worship, and an evil spirit caused Saul to start prophesying in the presence of God. And the Bible says that God will not be mocked. And because Saul was audacious enough to prophesy, prophecy through an evil spirit in God's presence, God said, okay, you're not only going to come in my presence this next time, you're not only going to come and prophesy, but I'm going to humble you like you've never been humbled before. See, one thing that some don't know in this room is that I was raised in the church. I've been in the church all my life. And I've seen a lot of people take for granted what God does in this place. I've seen a lot of people all of a sudden want to be more about their selfie than they are about his glory. I've seen a lot of people decide that they can talk against the pastor, that they can talk against the worship pastor, that they can talk about the anointed sound man, that they can talk about people in the church of God. They can talk about the pastor's wife. They can talk about the PKs. But God will not be mocked. See, it's not that God is out to get you, but God is just, meaning that he's the best judge on the planet. Well, off the planet, sorry. And so with that, the prophetic will humble you. Because you'll understand that in order to move in the spiritual giftings of God, it is not about anything other than your obedience. That's all it is. It's just about you being obedient to what he says. And guess what? God will never ask you to do something that does not match up with what the word of God says. In other words... Ladies, if that guy comes up and says God told me that you are the one and I'm going to marry you, you ain't dating him. You ain't never seen the boy before. You know he just flat out weird. Run! Tell him no, nah, he didn't. That is not Bible. You are not Bible. They're like, but you're an angel, and they're like, you're one too. And there's two types in the Bible, and you the other one. Let him know. <laughs> Sorry, that was funny. Um. (laughs) And the fourth one, the prophetic of the kinetic is unifying. It's unifying. See, in this prayer-filled, spiritually combustible atmosphere, God brought everyone to the same level, whether they had been a believer for years, months, or moments whether they were the strongest believer or even the strongest unbeliever, when they came into the presence of God, everybody prophesied. And so, this is Old Testament, but he decided that he was going to do the same thing again in the New Testament. So in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the Blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. See, he did it again in the New Testament. All. Everybody. Now. Keeping in mind that there are some here that potentially did not like science class. I've been using this term, the kinetic of the prophetic, you know, not just because it's catchy, but because it means something. Because there are some in here going, what's kinetic? It's okay, I heard you. I'll answer you. Kinetic energy is the energy that an object has because of its motion. This energy can be converted into other kinds, such as gravitational or electric potential energy, which is the energy that an object has because of its position in a gravitational or an electric field. Kinetic energy is the energy that an object has because of its motion. See, the Spirit of God moving on you is kinetic energy. It's the kinetic energy of a Christian. It's the kinetic energy of a Christian. See, there are a lot of Christians that I know that don't move. They don't move. They took the be still and know that I am God thing for themselves. And they're like, I'm just going to be still. They took the stand having done all the stand thing literally. I ain't moving. I'm not serving. I'm not worshiping. I'm not raising my hand I'm not going to the men's ministry I'm not going to the women's ministry I'm only showing up on Sunday no, I'm gonna let my wife be the spiritual one no, I'm gonna let my husband be the spiritual one Now I'm gonna let the young people be spiritual now I'm gonna let the old people be spiritual oh man, I'm gonna let the ugly people be spiritual man, I'm gonna let the beautiful people be spiritual like there are some all you're doing is standing but the spirit of of God is the kinetic energy that we need to see in the church today, because guess what? This generation, they're not attracted to anybody that's just standing still. How will they come unless somebody tells them? Nobody is going to come just because you're here and you're being still. The rest of this sanctuary will never be filled until the kinetic energy of the Lord is moving and a prophetic voice rises in the church. And when the prophetic voice rises in the church, guess what? That means that all of a sudden you are going to move and use your voice to declare that he is God. Some of you are like, uh-uh, no, I'm an introvert. I am not going out and saying nothing to nothing. Uh-uh, no, you are not an introvert because we have seen your social media. You got all kinds of opinions. You got lots to say. You talk about Trump. You talk about fashion. You talk about ugly guys. You talk about... Some of you got a voice. But if I just look at your social media, would I know that you're a Christian? If I just look at your social media, would I know more about God or more about you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, the Spirit of God moving in you gives you kinetic energy to be converted into spiritual giftings due to, you, to your position in Christ. And lastly, talking about the kinetic of the prophetic, in the book of Acts, when everybody's gathered together and the Spirit of God comes and all of a sudden tongues of fire are over everybody's head. This time, in the Old Testament, they prophesied. This time, the first thing that happens is that they all start speaking in other tongues, But everybody on the outside of the building can hear them talking in each person's different language. And they're like, what's going on here? Like, is everybody drunk or what's happening? And all of a sudden, Peter, Peter, all of a sudden, gives a word. He stands up, opens up the upper room, not afraid of all the people that are trying to find them and kill them because they know they're followers of the way, the followers of Jesus who has died. And now his body's disappeared. And everybody thinks the disciples took them. So everybody's looking for the disciples. And the dis- disciples have been hiding out, but they've been praying for the Holy Ghost because that was the last instruction that Jesus gave them. And now they're all there in this upper room together. And this crazy thing comes upon them. And now they're all speaking in other tongues. And then Peter opens, it, opens up the door. And this is the first thing that he says. The kinetic of the prophetic. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy your young men will see visions your old men will dream dreams even on my servants both men and women I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy see the kinetic of the prophetic is that we're all called to prophesy what are we called to prophesy that Jesus loves you and is coming back to take us all home. We're here to prophesy about Jesus. We're here to tell people that there is hope. We're here to tell people that there is freedom. We're here to tell people that Jesus is the answer. You have a voice. I on purpose did not talk with Pastor Chris this week because I so wanted what God spoke this morning to be him that I didn't want to know what's been happening with the church. I wanted to come believing that this is going to be a confirmation of next level Christianity in this place that the kinetic of the prophetic is about to move in a rise, church, in unparalleled ways that never have been seen before. <sighs> okay, three minutes. That's it. Give me three minutes. So years ago, I was at this church, and it was back when I was a mime. That's right. I used to be white, okay? And so we're at this church, and we finished, and it was my turn to get up and to minister. So I got up, and I start speaking. and All of a sudden, I say, stop, everybody. Um, I don't know who you are. But there's someone here that is thinking about killing themselves tonight, and that's not what God wants. Who is it? Now that's not some manby pamby. Is there anybody here that's feeling depressed? You know, no, that's like straight up, like bam. I'm either right or wrong. In biblical days, if I was wrong, everybody get a stone, and stone a brother. And this woman breaks down and says, that is my husband. He's in the parking lot right now. So a guy goes running out to get the husband. Now, let's flip, this, flip the story. The husband so angry and done and upset and he takes his wife to church and drops her off and is sitting in the car with a gun writing a note to his wife but this usher happens to come by the car and smiles at him through the window and waves and then walks in with his family. The husband looks at that usher and says, look at the joy that he has. I wish that I could be like him. So he finishes writing the note and he grabs the gun and he's getting ready. And all of a sudden, that same usher, when I say, go out and get him, it was that usher that ran out to him at the car, knocked on the window. He puts the window down, he's hiding the gun, and the guy says, the preacher inside said that you're about to kill yourself, don't do it, come in with me right now, God has a plan for your life. The man is shocked. He puts the gun down. He comes in. His wife grabs hold of his arm. They come to the front. And I pray with them, and he gives his life to the Lord. I went back a year later and then him and his wife were now serving at that same church. Jesus saved him. That's what a prophetic voice does. A prophetic voice will save somebody when they are at the point of having spears thrown at them again and again and again. And those spears have so like caused such fear that they're finally like going, well, maybe I am supposed to die. And they start believing the enemy's lies. So here it is. Here's the first one. If you're here, this morning and you've been believing the enemy's lies you've had spears thrown at you they might even have come from your own family that have said you're not going to make it or you should die and if that's you and you're like no no, I'm not going to believe lies anymore. I'm going to live. That's you. Just stand where you are.